Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. Today is Thursday, December 7th. Coming up, inflation and staffing issues have changed what it's like to run a restaurant in Kansas City over the past few years. A lot of people left our industry uh, during the pandemic, and it's like a, a new start for us. We'll talk to the new president of Kansas City's Restaurant Association about what he hopes to change. But first, some headlines. American Shaman, the Kansas City-based company that sells CBD products, has agreed to pay a fine to the Environmental Protection Agency. Here's KCUR's Sam Zeff. According to EPA documents during the pandemic, American Shaman sold antimicrobial pesticides called Shaman Cleaning Wash and Shaman Cleaning Gel. Neither were approved for sale by the EPA, which regulates pesticides. The company agreed to a fine of $120,000 and to provide a quarter million dollars of medical products to a Kansas City nonprofit called Care Beyond the Boulevard, which provides care to the homeless and uninsured. Last year, the company received a warning letter from the FDA that said American Shaman was marketing unapproved human and animal drugs. The company also has an F rating from the Better Business Bureau. A Jackson County Legislative Committee approved spending $5,000 to help relocate former Afghan prosecutors yesterday. County Prosecutor Jean Peters Baker requested the money as part of a national effort to help get the lawyers to the U.S. and out of hiding in Afghanistan. Some have already fallen um, into the hands of the Taliban and the worst has happened uh, to them. So it is a really pretty dire situation of their lives are at risk. Their families' lives are at risk for the work that they did to prosecute the Taliban. The prosecutors were trained by the U.S. and worked in Afghan courts for 20 years. Baker says because they were contractors, American forces didn't have to remove them from Afghanistan. The Association of Prosecuting Attorneys says it's received 200 requests from prosecutors in the country. In a lawsuit, Washington University in St. Louis has asked a Missouri judge to determine if State Attorney General Andrew Bailey can obtain patient records from the university's transgender clinic. Sarah Fentum reports. Bailey has requested the university and workers turn over health records for patients treated at the Washington University Transgender Center. A former clinic worker earlier this year accused the university of rushing children and teens to treatment without proper medical and psychological screenings. University lawyers asked the court to clarify whether they should turn over health records, which the suit claims contain, quote, deeply personal information, unquote. WashU claims the request violates federal health privacy laws. The lawyers also say the requests are outside the scope of the state's false advertising law Bailey is using to investigate the clinic. In a statement, Bailey's office said the records were necessary to investigate whether the clinic exposed children to irresponsible treatment. We'll be back after this. This podcast is looking for good deals on great food, but sometimes we need to grab a bite late at night. What are some of your favorite late night happy hours in the KC Metro? Text us at 816-601-4777. That's 816-601-4777. Standard texting rates apply. Alan 
Neeland becomes the first Black president of the Greater Kansas City Restaurant Association this month. He's the co-owner of The Combine on 30th Street and Troost Avenue. And he told KCUR's Brian Ellison how running a restaurant has changed since the COVID-19 pandemic began and what he hopes to accomplish as the new head of the Restaurant Association. Here's part of their conversation. What are you most excited about as you get into the role? Of course, the food. I, I already love going to many restaurants throughout our uh, greater Kansas City area, but uh, more about being a part of the change. We've had a lot of change since the pandemic, and now that things have started to settle down, there's a new change with restaurants when it comes to just overall concepts and staffing, and um, the list goes on and on. Yeah, talk more about that change. What is it that's... Yeah, obviously, the pandemic was a pretty seismic event. It affected every restaurant. They all had to deal with some of the same questions. What are the hot issues now? What is it that restaurants are dealing with? A lot of the stuff that we're dealing with uh, still uh, has traits of the pandemic, such as inflation. Um, we're still having uh, staffing issues. Um, a lot of people left our industry uh, during the pandemic, and it's like a, a new start for us. So uh, you don't have necessarily those old uh, veteran seasoned workers anymore. Um, you have a new class of uh, employees that you're having to train up, and you don't have those you know, ins and outs of the industry. So um, that's just the difference of uh, running a business now the, the the change of employee, employees and uh, inflation and other things. Yeah. Well, I want to talk more about your your hopes and your priorities for the Restaurant Association. But, but first, I'd actually like to talk a little bit more about you and about your own journey in the industry. You've been doing this more or less your whole adult life, haven't you? Honestly, yeah, I started out in the industry uh, working out working for Panera Bread at the age of 16. I actually started off as a dishwasher. Um, <laughs> so I worked my way up your through... adult life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Before my adult life, I've been in the uh, industry for um, almost let, let's push it close to 20 years. Almost. I, I'll give give myself a, a, a little boost. But sure. um, yeah, no, I started off uh, as a dishwasher and literally, literally worked my way up through the ranks, uh, learning every single facet of the restaurant when it comes to front of house and back house and then getting into management. And before you you opened the Combine, you, you were working at Pizza 51, I understand. Yeah, so I actually hit my nine and a half year mark at Panera and I got with my mentor and for some reason I did not want to hit 10 years with Panera um, and I told him what I wanted to do. I wanted to open up my own business. So he gave me the idea of like, hey, you want to open up your own restaurant? You may want to go, you know, uh, follow somebody that runs their own uh, small business. So uh, through a mentor, I was connected with a guy named Jason Pryor who became my mentor. I ran his pizza shop out in Fairway, Kansas called Pizza 51 West for about two years and really got a chance to get my feet wet when it comes to entrepreneurship. And and what did you what did you learn during that time? What was it that about um, running the that location of Pizza 51 that made you say, hey, this is how I want to spend the rest of my life? Um, well, uh, the first uh, lesson that I actually learned was just, I mean, food costs. I mean, uh, in a big corporate setting, uh, it's not as important because there's dollars there. But when you go to a small mom and pops, everything matters. Uh, everything that's wasted, labor costs, um, and, and, and just those little small things that come up, those really can make or break a business. Um, but I got a chance to learn that. But the biggest thing that I learned was dealing with people. Uh, in this industry, we got to deal with people every day. And that's where I found my love for serving uh, uh, and making sure that people came, that came into my establishment or any establishment that I worked at felt welcome. So the establishment you work at now is the one you co-own, the Combine. How did the idea for the Combine uh, come to be? How did you find yourself opening your own place? 
after uh going back to Panera from working uh that pizza shop for about two years, me and Jason Pryor kind of sat down and had a few uh different meetings and powwows and kind of came up with the idea of uh partnering together to open this concept. Um, but it was during a, a real weird time here uh in the US. There was a political divide, there was racial divide with the George Floyd, and uh we were being faced with the pandemic. So we kind of went through that all uh, while trying to open. But with that being said, we wanted to just create a space that brought people together. Um, and uh, we found a location on Truce that was perfect. And and tell people about that location. It's got some history itself. Oh, yeah. So um, we're actually on the corner of 29th and Truce in the old Wonder Bread building. So it's pretty cool that I get people that come down that actually used to work in this historic building, um, as well as people that oh. grew up in the neighborhood that would walk past and smell that bread bacon uh, early in the morning. But now instead of bread, you're smelling pizza. So I want to come back to your new role at the Kansas City Restaurant Association. Uh, what would you say is your agenda for the year ahead? What would you say are your top priorities? Um, I'm coming in really motivated. Um, and I'm not saying that there's a lot of things that I want to tackle because there, there's there are a lot of things out there and it can become overwhelming, but I'm, I'm, I just want to kind of continue my path. So um, as soon as I got with the association, I got on the education committee and chaired that committee for about six years. I love kids and I really want to be a part of the future and kind of shaping uh, the future of our industry. And the only way you do that is getting in contact with these kids um, while they're, you know, kind of cultivating their dreams for a culinary, the culinary industry. Um, but my big thing is, showing kids and helping them realize there's so many different um, pieces of our industry that they can be involved in outside of the restaurant. Uh, there's accounting, there's marketing. Marketing is a big tool uh, for us restaurants now. And uh, just being able to show kids they don't necessarily have to be directly in the kitchen. Uh, they don't have to wash dishes. There's so many different facets of the restaurant uh, they can be a part of to affect it. You mentioned that it's significant that you are the first black president of the of the restaurant association. Do you do you think this is a, a good moment for black entrepreneurs in general and for black restaurant owners in the Kansas City metro? I think it's a lead up. Um, I mean, uh, oh, since the pandemic, there has been a lot of black restaurants and a lot of people taking a leap into entrepreneurship. And I think it just kind of shows with me becoming the president how times are changing. Are are would you say that that restaurant owners of color or managers of color are are facing a, a different set of challenges in the restaurant industry right now than than their their white colleagues? Um, I just think that uh, they may be a step or two behind, um, and that's where we come in as an association and help give them those tools to make them successful. Um, I cannot thank the association enough because without them, there's a lot of things that I would not have known when opening my own restaurant. But being around like-minded people, being around people uh, that are industry that can help give you those tips um, is really something that's gotten me this far in my career. Alan, if you had to put on your uh, prognosticator's hat and look into the crystal ball, where would you want to see Kansas City's restaurant scene in, say, five or ten years? Um, I see, I, I really see it growing. Um, we, we're getting so many new concepts uh, within our city and uh, with everything coming down the line, our city becoming uh, or getting on that global stage. Uh, I just want to see more uh, creative and cool concepts that are already coming to our city. We're, we're a melting pot of restaurants and uh, it shows how diverse our city is.
That was Alan Neeland, president of the Greater Kansas City Restaurant Association, and KCUR's Brian Ellison. You can hear their entire conversation from KCUR's Up to Date at kcur.org. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. This podcast is produced by Anna Schmidt and KCUR Studios. It's edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. For more local news from Kansas City's NPR station, visit kcur.org. We couldn't do what we do without support from listeners like you. So if you'd like to donate to KCUR to help fund independent, locally produced journalism, visit kcur.org support. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you soon. You listen to Kansas City Today every day because we're your local, reliable news source. You take us seriously. But now it's time to have some fun. Join us at our annual benefit, Radioactive, on June 14th. NPR's All Things Considered host Ari Shapiro is the featured guest at this party, and it's gonna be bumping. You gotta be there. Sponsorship packages and ticket information are available at kcur.org radioactive.